0: episode 26 we've got everything today we've got united we've got protests we've got Mourinho. we've got mbappe we've got champions league we've got ramadan what else we've got everything we've got power rankings we've got Riders corner it's gonna be a pack packed show well i don't want to spoil anything but we really didn't have mbappe did we oh uh-oh maybe an injury or maybe something going in in the back of the locker room who knows who knows let's let's find out what happened so let's start off with the news there was supposed to be a big match going on this weekend, Man United versus Liverpool, but protests happened, kind of canceled the game. Uh, initially, it was postponed and there's no talk of when it's going to be played now. So this was supposed to be a big game. If United lost, City was going to clinch the league. So uh, it's kind of delaying City's de- celebration a little bit. And also, Liverpool is chasing that top four spot. They've got 54 points right now, and they're chasing Chelsea, who's got that fourth spot. They've got 61 points. So, uh, big, big match. And I woke up Sunday morning, ready to watch some great football, but uh, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. The fans started protesting early Sunday at the team hotel. Uh, United couldn't even get in their team bus to make it to Old Trafford. And... This is still about the Super League and the fallout from the Super League. The fans are not happy with the Glazer family, and the Glazer family also own the Bucks. So shout out to the Bucks, uh, the uh, most recent NFL champions. And the game couldn't get going. The fans breached the stadium, made a mess. Maybe they had a little, little something to drink beforehand, started throwing bottles around. And at a certain point, police had to come in on horseback, which I saw, which was interesting. Well, they're getting medieval on us. They're getting medieval. It's England over there, you know. <laughs> they're they're still back in the day, so the horses came out, the batons came out, the cops came out, and they basically shut it down, right? They were like, "Hey, we're gonna push you back," and things got a little bit aggressive, you know, a couple stiff arms here and there, and uh, no one got trampled by any horses, so that's good. Everyone's nice and safe, but there was no football, and even after all that, there was still. Uh, no word from the Glazer family. You think? Do you think that was enough pressure for them to, to look into selling this thing?
1: You know, I saw a, a video of this reporter walking with uh, Mr. Glazer to his vehicle, just pressing him with questions. You know, are you going to sell? Are you ashamed of what you've done? Just kept going in on him, and he just remained silent.
0: Unbothered. Unbothered.
1: Un- drove off in his fancy car. Nothing to say.
0: Now, this... United team is valued at $4.2 so even if um, the Glazers decide to sell there's going to be a short list of people who would look into buying this thing and I'm sure this is a very lucrative investment and it's it's, uh, one of the most famous brands in the world and he's going to hold on to this thing until someone pries it away from him the fans are trying to do that but I don't think it's going to happen I don't think it's going to happen
1: yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't I don't see it happening either. But, you know, with this postponement, I'm not that mad about it. You know, the fans were able to send a message. And imagine the final game of the season being Liverpool-Man United with some stakes on the line. That's a storyline right there for us.
0: It's quite the storyline. More TV revenue. More shirts are going to sell. The Glazers are going to come out on top. They're going to keep making <laughs> more and more money over, over this. Now, let's talk Mourinho. So... Mourinho left United, or let's say he got fired from United, and then went to Tottenham, got fired there, and just two weeks and one day of unemployment for Mourinho, and boom, he just signed a deal with AC Roma. Now, this is different from any other job that Mourinho has had before. He's going to have to build this one almost from the ground up. Um, He started his career off at Porto, which is the biggest club in, in portugal then he went over to chelsea after that russian money came in that's big money big money to spend in the transfer window i mean unlimited amounts he can spend for that transfer budget then he went over to inter and one of the biggest clubs in the world and one of the biggest clubs in italy in italy especially at that time especially at the time and he tr- uh, actually won a treble there before moving on to madrid and we don't need to speak about how big that club is and then now he's at Roma did you see this coming
1: no I did not but you know knowing his history the man knows how to bounce back he doesn't stay on that unemployment line very long um but I, I do kind of like the move to Italy you know he found a lot of success when he was there back in the early 2010s we'll see what he can if he can replicate it
0: and it's gonna be a difficult difficult job he's got on his hands now uh, Roma are currently seventh in Serie A they're nine points behind Lazio and they're smallish, they're not the biggest club, they're they're small um, and he signed a three-year contract, so it's a little bit of a commitment, but what are contracts nowadays? I mean, what was a contract he signed at Tottenham, what was a contract he signed at Manu? I feel like in, in, in world football you can sign as many contracts as you like, you can still get fired, or you can still transfer if someone's willing to pay the price. Well how about all
1: those teams that signed the Super League contracts?
0: Exactly. We need they they need to start structuring these contracts a bit. Uh, more stringent, I think. Maybe they need, maybe they need better lawyers. Who knows? Now, I started thinking here with all these sackings that Mourinho is uh, has been going through. There's also these uh, severance packages that he he's been given, right? So this is speculative, but um, I read that fi- Mar- um, United gave him 15 and Tottenham gave him 15, which I want to say I heard Tottenham gave him 40 the other day, but let's go with 15 and 15. So, that's 30 million he's making from just losing his job. That is incredible. That is incredible. (laughs) Let's talk Mbappe. So, if you're like me and you don't watch League 1, and Brian, do you watch watch that league? No. No. No? Okay, good. So, if you're like me, whenever a French team is playing in the Champions League, you expect their best players to play. Especially if it's PSG, you expect Neymar and Mbappe to play, right? So I'm sitting there, I see the team sheet come out, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's my guy Mbappe? Not not, in the starting 11. I knew something was off, so I was thinking, okay, he'll probably come on second half. But game came and went. No Mbappe. He actually missed Saturday's 2-1 win versus Lens in uh, the French League with a calf injury. So, because of that, he was still out on Tuesday versus City, and he missed that entire game. And interestingly, Mbappe and Neymar have still not re-signed with PSG. Do you think these guys are coming back?
1: They're certainly going to see some uh, lucrative offers coming their way um, from a number of different clubs. I, I think all the talks going on, I think Mbappe is certainly gone. Um, but you never know that might leave space for Messi to come return uh with Neymar in Paris.
0: Neymar has been eyeing a move to Barcelona and that would be interesting to see if Messi and Neymar just kind of switch teams. <laughs> that would be that would be cool to watch, but uh let's keep a close eye on that. Let's see what happens with Neymar and Mbappe. All English final and they just I kind of saw this coming. Actually I won't I did I won't say I saw this coming. I did not see this coming. I I wanted to see Madrid in this final, but damn it. We couldn't get it done. We couldn't get it done. And PSG couldn't get it done on Tuesday. They lost four one on aggregate. It's a pretty dominating performance that City put on in both legs. I think I think the City team this year is really put separating themselves from all the other teams in Europe. I mean, the depth of this squad is just ridiculous. There was a moment in that game uh, near the end. I saw Sterling and Gabriel Jesus and Sergio Aguero just casually come in, just casually warming up and coming in, in the game. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who is this man just chilling on the bench? Just boom, Aguero, boom, Sterling. Is there a team that can match this depth that City has got going on right now?
1: No, absolutely not. I think the one team that you might can speak to would be uh, Bayern Munich in terms of depth. Um, but I think City has the more balanced team. And it's pretty amazing, too. They've, they've been finding the success largely without an out-and-out and out striker. Um, you know, they've played their best football, playing in that false nine-type uh, formation. And it's been a joy to watch.
0: And they came out this game in a four four two no number 9, they had De Bruyne and Silva up top there, and it worked out perfectly, I think. The beginning of this game was amazing, there was snow on the pitch, and somehow, the quality of the players was so high that you didn't even notice there was a whole bunch of snow on the pitch they were just pinging balls left and right like it was sunny out and the pitch was completely fine now I want to highlight Ruben Diaz here. He had an amazing game. And the number of times he saved goals, the number of times he saw the running the runs come in from either Icardi, I mean Icardi was absent. I didn't even know Icardi was playing until I saw him come off the pitch. And that's not good for your out out number nine. Um not very good for the future of PSG looking at um now Neymar and Mbappe not resigning so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back but in terms of the game uh, Zinchenko was amazing he actually had the most passes in this game uh, on the city side and I was expecting that to be De Bruyne but he had uh, the most crosses in comparison um, Mares was amazing down there on the right side two goals, bagged it in and Foden, Foden just keeps showing his class, he's a star just keeps showing his class. I was, I was a folding hater at the beginning, but hey, you know, I I can't hate anymore. I'll be honest. You're gonna take him over uh, Christian Pulisic now. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take him over Christian Pulisic <laughs> now. I don't know what I was thinking earlier in the season, but he's proving me wrong. He's proving me wrong, and uh, he's an amazing player. He works so well in that in that city system. Uh, I think, I think he's gonna be an amazing player as, as these years come on, and. P.S.G. Did we see much from PSG this game? No. The, you know, there was a few glimpses in that first
1: half um, where they created chances. Um, you know, Marquinhos had a header that had an opportunity. Neymar made a few runs. But Ruben Diaz and John Stones largely covered that up. Um, and, you know, that Di Maria second half red card didn't help their cause at all.
0: Now, funny thing about that Di Maria red card um uh, I got. I got word from one of the boss listeners, Ben, that the commentator after that Di Maria red card, actually pointed to uh, Di, Maria, Di Maria's Latino ethnicity as a reason for the temper uh, outbreak there, mm. and he profusely apologized a couple minutes later. But that went under the radar. It went under my radar until um, it was brought to my attention. So. Maybe there might be some changes in CBS coming up. We'll see. Let's keep a close eye on that one.
1: Yeah, He's probably going to have to be apologizing quite a bit longer for that. Oh, yeah.
0: So City booked their ticket. Boom. They're going to Istanbul. Now it came to today's match. Chelsea-Madrid. I won't lie. I saw Hazard in the team. I saw Ramos in the team. I saw Benzema, Luka Modric... Ferlon Mendy, Tony Cruz, and Casemiro. And I said, wow, we're going to run this team up and down the pitch. We're going to score so many goals. And we didn't do any of that. We came out uh, just passing the ball around. Uh, Chelsea came out with a mentality of, hey, we'll let you guys pass the ball in your own half. And they just asked us the question, can you break us down? If we can't, they're going to get us on the counter. With They've got pace, right? They've got Werner. They've got Havertz in there to spray balls up to Werner. And their game plan worked amazing. And it helps when you have N'Golo Kante on the team. The man the man who can be in multiple places at the same time. I thought only God can do that. But he, Kante must be God. Uh, Kante must be God. Because this guy got his second man of the match. He's man of the match over both legs. Which I'm not sure if that's ever happened before. Uh, maybe, maybe in the days when Messi was just running rampant, uh, over there, but an all English final. What do you think about an all English final? And what do you think about this game?
1: Well, Chelsea's performance was brilliant. You know, they their game plan was it was perfect. Like you said, they're letting Real come to them and taking off on the counter. Um, they were pressing well, their midfield owned what, um. You know, Cruz, Modric, Casemiro, they don't get dominated like that. But like you said, Conte was all over the place. Jorginho held it down. Mason Mount was a threat, and he found the goal.
0: And Real Madrid just looked old in that midfield. There was no bite to this Real Madrid team. Uh, we came out with three in the back. Uh, Militao, Ramos, and Nacho. Ferland Mendy, I felt nice uh, for him doing his thing as playing at wing back, But Vinicius Jr. playing wing back it just didn't sit right well with me i feel like he needs he needs to be pushed up a bit further up in the on the pitch um it was we did get struck with many injuries this season but uh, that's no excuse i feel like we should still be getting a result with this quality of players and maybe it's just time to admit that that midfield is getting a little old you know Cruz, modric they're getting up there in age and we might have to hop into the bank account that very very large Real Madrid bank account mm. <laughs> and just find the best midfielder out there that we can find and offer him an incredible amount of money hopefully he doesn't get injured and um we'll just go from there it's it's set up a all English final and i feel it's going to be a hotly contested match which we're going to have a little preview this weekend. These two teams uh, Chelsea and Man City are going to play each other and I'm sure all eyes will be on that They've actually already played each other three times uh, the First time was in the EFL Cup City won on penalties 4-3 and then in the league uh, City won again 3-1 and the FA Cup semifinals uh, Chelsea took the 1-0 uh, win. How do you see the final shaking out?
1: You know, both teams are coming in fantastic form. Uh, City's going to be able to coast a little bit in the league, seeing that they're just about to um, clinch that first spot. So they're likely going to come in fresher than Chelsea, who's still going to compete um, in the Premier League. And even without that competition, City's just so deep. They're, they have so much quality, and they have the best manager in the, the world, arguably.
0: I've got, I've got City having a ball in Turkey I've got City enjoying themselves and that team I feel is just a step above Chelsea and um, it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch I'm sure De Bruyne fold will be up for it Um, expecting goals mostly mostly from City maybe Chelsea would pop one in but that whole thing of not playing over two legs does add some uncertainty a little bit of excitement because you never know what can happen Right, But I feel like at the end of the day, City's just going to be a bit too much uh, to handle. Let's jump into the league now. So, just running it down, we had uh, Newcastle and Arsenal. Uh, Newcastle picked up a red card. Arsenal took the win 2-0. And Aubameyang had a a little nice goal, a little acrobatic goal he had in there. It's nice to see him on the scoring sheet. And Tottenham four zero against Sheffield United, maybe not the the most stiff competition that they've faced, but four nil was four nil, and Bale picked up a hat trick, his first hat trick in the league if, in a while, and uh, it's a beautiful hat trick. Quality goals, beautiful, beautiful hat trick. The man has nine goals and two assists quietly. I feel like and that's that's okay numbers, you know, that's okay numbers. I feel like that's what uh. Maybe like uh, if a Grealish or something pop that in, he's definitely called getting called up to the English national team. But uh, that's okay numbers. But at a player like Bale, you want to see maybe a one in front of that nine, and um, maybe we'll see him back in Madrid next next season. On Monday we had West Brom playing Wolves. Wolves finally got some points on the board now it's 1-1 um, Burnley, West Ham 1-2, West Ham took the win, West Ham still rolling along and securing that or holding on to that fifth spot that, that, Europa, that Europa League or as I call it, the poor men's champions league <laughs> um, how do you see this top four shaking out you think Chelsea's holding on to that fourth spot, West Ham is just three points away,
1: yeah it's just one match away, you know uh Liverpool's seven points back, but they have a game in hand. You know, it's it's still up for it. There's four or five games left for each team. I, I really don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this comes down.
0: Now let's hop into the writer's corner. This is where we pick some of the best articles in the world written by the best writers, and we deliver them to you. I know maybe not a lot of you like to read as much as we do over here at the ball, and... Um, we understand how busy you are, so we took time to go out there, find the greatest articles and deliver them to you.
1: Yeah, so this week, uh, you know, there's been a lot of news going around in the Premier League and across the other football leagues too about you know racial abuse to a number of different players, you know whether that's over Twitter, um, from fans or what whatnot. So it was refreshing to see in the news that for the first time ever in a Premier League game, um, teams broke. Um, in the middle of the game to allow Muslim players um, to eat um, once the sun set in the middle of their patch. Um, you know, during Ramadan these players fast you know, up to 14 hours a day um, as a part of their religion. Um, and that takes a toll on a player's body. And you know, to be tolerant and have that openness to allow them
0: to eat, it's a really beautiful thing. Man, I, I can barely work hungry. You're telling me these guys are playing high-level football and fasting at the same time? My goodness.
1: It's incredible. And, you know, Carl Anka of The Athletic took the time to write it in his article uh, being a football player during Ramadan. So like we mentioned, that Leicester versus Crystal Palace match was the first time ever in the Premier League um, where they allowed those players to fast. Wesley Fofana and Shanka Koyate uh, were the two players involved during that match. Um... But yeah, no food or water from sun, sun up to sun down for these players. Um, nutritionists have been working with them um, in order to space their meals out. It's where during that, they're not just eating two meals a day when they wake up right before they go to sleep. You know, they're having them wake up at 2:30 in the morning and, and spaced out um, while they sleep wow. in an effort to not get their metabolism messed up. Um, so they're still eating um, in more spaced out periods. Um, which is interesting
0: so they're eating at 2 a.m. as opposed uh, obviously since the Sun is down as opposed to eating sometime during the day maybe right before the game correct okay you okay
1: you know interestingly enough the uh, Muslim population in the Premier League's changed drastically since the 90s in the first year of the Premier League 92 and 93 there was one Muslim player on the rosters and this year, there are 79 when you include the academies. Wow. So there's been a huge growth in the Muslim population in the Premier League. Um, you know They account for what I th- believe was 1.6 billion people on this earth. So it's, it's a massive group um, yeah. that's really somewhat underrepresented in the Premier League. Definitely. Um, you know, a couple big highlights for Muslims players um, during the Premier League was in 2012 when Yaya Tori won Man of the Match for Manchester City. Um, it was customary for players to be given a bottle of champagne um, as, when they won, but he had to turn it down.
0: Turned uh, it down.
1: Uh, you know, since as Muslims, they don't drink alcohol. Um, and that sense has been phased out as a result. Um, yes. I think... Go ahead. So
0: they don't... So they stopped giving the champagne? Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Following Yahya Touré's lead. Another interesting thing, uh, you know, there's become some stars in the league that are Muslim players. Not only have they grown in volume, but top players like uh, Saudi Mane and Mohamed Salah have joined, and it's gained a lot of respect in the English community. Um, One study found that since Salah and Mane joined Liverpool, um, anti-Muslim hate crimes have dropped by 18.9%.
0: Wow, these guys are making real change, uh, especially with all the racial abuse going on. It's it's good to see that um, just more awareness and seeing these um, Muslim soccer players practicing their religion is kind of almost normalizing, and it should be normalized. But uh, it's now it's um, in our faces, and it's normalizing, and it's making people more aware, which is which is good to see.
1: Yeah, it's a really beautiful thing. I um, mean, you know, thank you to Carl Anka and the Athletic for uh, bringing it to our attention.
0: Now it's time for the Ball's Power Rankings. So we're just gonna go straight top five. Premier League teams. There's not too much going on, not too much movement that's going to happen on the top. So we're going to go number five, West Ham, currently have the fifth spot. They've got 58 points. Number four, we've got Chelsea, 61 points, holding out that Champions League spot. I think you could argue they might be higher with their recent form. Let's see what happens on the weekend. I feel like if they get a result against City, they're going to start charging up that table. And number three, we've got Leicester, sixty-three points, only two points above uh, Chelsea. So that third and fourth spot, tight, tight, very, very tight. And then skip up a little bit, United, number two, and they've had a low-key good season this this year. No, they've they've been resilient. They've gone through a lot of changes, and uh, only gonna social. Needs more credit with, with, with what he's done with this team. And they're chilling there at the second spot. They could be up north of 80 points by the end of the season. It's incredible what they've done, been able to do this season. You'd think back in the M- Mourinho days, finishing second was seen as uh, a great achievement. Now Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has matched him. And uh, they're still in the Europa League. And it's possible that he just might have the same record, finish second, and also win the Europa League. So shout out to Ole, Gun- Ole Gunnar Sasha. And number one, of course, you've got City. Right now they've got this thing in cruise control. They're just waiting for the they're just waiting for the keys to just turn off the car, start celebrating, get out, pop at the bottles, pop the bottles, you know. And they've had an amazing season. They've got eighty points so far. They've scored seventy-one goals, and these guys are rolling. These guys are rolling. They've got 25 wins. City, or Manchester United, who's second, has 19. So they have just been doing their thing. And it's great to see. It's great for the league. It's great for football. And it's going to be great for the future of Manchester City. Thanks for tuning in to The Ball, airing every Wednesday on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. Let's get the ball rolling. See you next week.